Episode 95. Are those real? Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And I'm giggling a little bit because it took us three tries to actually get through the intro tonight. We hope you guys are digging the intros. We're just, we're having some fun. If not, that's okay too, because we actually, one of the outtakes tonight was that we tried to go back to our, our original music and I just wasn't feeling the love on it. I'm like, eh, we need a song tonight. So we're going, we're going there. We're going there. So hope that you all have had a good week. To those of our fans in Oklahoma, we hope you're doing well after your 5.6 earthquake you had. Fans in Oklahoma, good grief. You guys have you you've guys had it all this year. This year. Uh, you know, weather-wise, I, I don't even know where to start. You've, yeah. You guys have had it all. So we, so we just hope you guys safe. are safe. Um, we know you're not used to the earthquakes out there. And right. so it's a whole different sensation, rocking and rolling. Yeah. We actually um, are recording this on a night where we had thunder and lightning here in San Diego. Which is really rare for us. Yeah, our kids are looking at us like, what is that? Because our kids don't experience thunder and lightning. Yeah. Um, and we hope all of you, as we come into this wintry time of year, find some opportunities to cuddle up and enjoy each other and keep each other warm. We have not turned on our heat yet in our house. So Elisa and I are cuddling at times at night when we remember to. Again, we have the king size bed, so we tend to be on opposite sides. So we just dress up and warm ourselves up at times. But hopefully you will find some time to grab a cup of hot cocoa or a nice hot tea and grab yourselves a movie and cuddle. Cuddle up or spend time. You know, Some of you that really enjoy the winter weather, um, if you haven't listened to us through a winter, you know that we're not huge fans of snow, ice, any of that kind of stuff. It's a reason we live in San Diego, one of them. But we know that some of you actually are huge fans of the snow. So you can take that and you know get out and explore the snow with your honey and do you know, enjoy. all that kind of winter stuff that oh, just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. And to all of our new listeners, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. We want to um, just say we appreciate you listening. And for all of you guys who've been listening and continue to refer your friends and family, we are very thankful. To This past week, I was out at Blog World in LA and had the opportunity to meet a number of different bloggers and new media hosts and just a plethora of individuals and people. And it was very fun to talk about One Extraordinary Marriage to them because everybody wanted to know how it started. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we start with episode number one, 60 Days of Sex. So that's where I start. And that usually perks up people's ears and they get interested very quickly. And if one of you is here listening at this episode from Blog World, hey, I thank you for, for joining us. Absolutely. And, you know, I've heard from a number of people. It just seems like over this last week, we've had a lot of people um, talking about how they're sharing yeah. One Extraordinary Marriage. And, you know, that is that is so appreciated because we know from what you've told us that there's a message here um, that needs to get out, that you tell us repeatedly that we are talking about things that others aren't talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's because we made a decision in episode four that we were going to be transparent with you that that was going to be the way that we not only uh, that's who we are just you know if you met us on the street 
that's who we'd be. But it was a commitment we made to this podcast almost 100 episodes ago. We, we are on the downhill slide and we're, we're closing on 100 and I'm so excited. We've got five more weeks. And, um, but, you know, we talked a little bit about transparency last week. I was talking about a conversation that I'd had with a girlfriend where I just kind of, you know, was very honest with her and it allowed her to open up and share something that had been on her heart. You know, and I talked in that last episode how she, you know, she's like, well, I'm feeling, you know, kind of heart palpitations and sweaty hands. Although I, I might be adding that because I just know that Tony gets sweaty hands whenever he's talking about something big or if we have to have a conversation, sweaty hands. And um, I actually saw the same girlfriend this week and she came up to me. She's like, I got to tell you something. And she shared something else um, that was going on in life. And she goes, well, you know, because we're so close now. And, and I realized that the reason she felt that we were so close was because I had chosen to lay it out there to run the risk of being judged. And um, I'm going to do that again tonight. It's been almost a two years into this podcast, and I have never shared this yes. on the air. Well, and for, for, for a number of reasons, and we can get into those. We will. Um, I'm going to be talking about plastic surgery. Breast augmentation. Breast augmentation specifically. Specifically. Um, tonight and we're going to talk about it. So if you're not interested, I'm not going to go into the nuts and bolts of my particular surgery, the physical part of it, but I am going to talk about the why, and I'm going to talk about the impact it's had on our marriage. And, and, and I, I think we should also talk about the years of agonizing that took place mm-hmm. prior to having breast implants. Part of the reason, um, I've thought about sharing this with you guys for a long time um, because I've learned over the last, am I going on three years? No. Two years. Yes. Two years surgery. Um, Two years in December. Okay. So it was right before we started the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've thought about sharing my story over the last two years and very much like has come out when I've shared it with other friends. There is that very much that risk of judgment. Um right. Now we, for us, we live in San Diego, um, plastic surgeons and breast augmentation is very commonplace here. Um, but it still does bear some of the stigma that I think, you know, happens in other parts of the country. And I've, I've been very open with, um, my family. Um, all my relatives know Tony's family knows, um, because when I had my surgery two years ago, it was two weeks before Christmas. And, right. uh, um, the day before, two days before Alex's birthday party, yeah, timing was everything, but I came and we can talk about why it happened there as well, but let's, let's well, go yeah, from but, there. You know, I need to take you back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always flat chested with the exception of having my children. Um, you know, when my surgeon looked at me, she's like, you are flat as a board. She goes, we see, you know, we see needy and we see greedy. She goes, you are so on the needy side. And it's a good thing I'd already heard good things about her. And I liked her rapport before she got to that. Cause I was like, wow, you're really, <laughs> yes, but I was, and I felt like a boy and I never felt feminine and it was never anything. And I want to be very, very clear about this. It was never any messages that I got from Tony. Right. It was never honey. You need to have surgery. It was never, I think you'd look better if you looked like this. I mean, I tried it all. I tried every gel padded 
push up whatever from Victoria's Secret. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you've got nothing, um, there ain't nothing to push up, push together, pad, lift. Right. It's not there. And I really, um, I wrestled with the decision for a long, long time. I mean, I knew. And and I'm going to put this into perspective real quick for those of you who are still here listening with us. When we did our 60 days of sex challenge, which was the year prior to Elisa actually going through with her surgery, we were in the middle of the 60 day challenge and no kidding. So that's a year before she does this. We are in the middle of that. And Elisa is going through a major issue with should she go with surgery or not and had during that time, oh yeah, I'd had a couple consults. Checked out a couple doctors. Was a was thinking she really wasn't there just yet, but the agony she was going through was causing me some craziness. And part of it was because we were during that sixty days, and I was just like, "Honey, just don't worry about that right now. <laughs> let's let's hone in on what is at hand. This task of us just being intimate together." But there were times, you know, there was a good probably solid two weeks in there. That was, it was a, a constant struggle talking to her about it, you know, trying to help her through to understand, you know, or not understand, but just helping her to just sift through all the information she was getting and, and feeling she was And it having. wasn't, and that wasn't the first time that I had thought about having surgery three years ago when we were in the 60 days. No. I mean, I had thought about it prior, um, Three years ago, I actually got serious and had a consult, but then I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. And part of what I had to wrestle with um, and had to come to grips with is, you guys know I have a daughter and I needed to, well, a daughter and a son, and I needed to be able to be able to explain to myself how I would explain to them as they got older um, because you know, I didn't have my surgery until I was 35. Mm. And I really feel very strongly that I am able to explain to Abby that, you know what? I waited. Mm-hmm. I had my children. I, you know, I was, I was explaining to a, a friend um, a few weeks ago. I said, you know what? I work out and I eat right and I could change everything about my body. But this was one area that there was nothing I could do. And I didn't feel feminine. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I, Wearing a bathing suit, it didn't. I mean, that was part of the reason, you know, Tony talks about me not wanting to go in the water. And for a number of years, it wasn't just that the water was cold. It was that I didn't feel like a woman in a bathing suit. You know, I mean, if if any of you have young daughters, I had that chest. And, you know, it just got to a point where, you know, two and a half, it was right about this time. Two right. years ago that I went for my consult. And um, you know, I found Well let's get into let's get into a little bit of the feelings, the emotion. You know, let's not rush to the consult just yet. But let's talk through this a little bit more in sure. the sense so our our listeners can understand other reasons why you waited, mm-hmm. what you were struggling with as well, because I think some of them may be struggling with this as well, or they may have had breast augmentation but don't tell anybody about it. Yeah, that's been, um, so, you know, I had to be able to, in my own mind, and, you know, I talk about the kids. Um, I've got a son 
who at some point in time is going to notice girls. And I didn't want it to be like, oh my gosh, well my, you know, my mom had a breast job and well now, you know, I'm all, like, I'm focused on breasts. It's got to be all about the breasts. I, I want him to be able to see women and find them beautiful regardless of what they look like. And, and I've got a daughter that I don't want it to be all about the breasts for her. Like, you know, I want to have breasts like mom. And so I need to have surgery. You know, for me, it was, I found a man that loved me flat chested as I was, <laughs> you know, when he met me 17 years ago and he's like, yeah, I'm a a boob man. And I'm like, well, this is going to be short lived. Um, (laughs) yeah. Cause what you're looking at, it's all padded. There there ain't nothing, you know? And so, you know, he got past that. There was more to me than my breasts, obviously, because there were none. Um, and so, you know, it was being, I like, I had to be able to, you know, get work through. What would I tell my kids? You know, how am I going to be able to explain this to them? How is this going to impact our relationship? You know, because I, I did have people say, well, you know, you're just doing this for Tony. I'm like, no, Tony doesn't care one way or another. And that is the truth. I mean, don't get me wrong. He definitely enjoys them. Oh, yeah. Since I've, you know, since I've had the surgery, I mean, you know, he's not going to, not going to, he's not going to send him back. Haven't. But it wasn't, it wasn't about Tony. It wasn't. It wasn't about, you know, trying to do this as a marriage enhancement to say, okay, well, you know what, we're in this bad place and I, I need to, you know, physically alter my appearance so that my husband loves me more or wants to be with me. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It really was like, I remember walking by a storefront and, you know, I mean, everybody's done this. You look over and you see your, your reflection in the, the glass and I was wearing a tank top and I didn't need to wear a bra because again what was it going to hold up? And I, I remember looking over and going, I'm 35 years old and I'm just flat. And I know some of you out there are thrilled with your bodies the way they are. And I applaud you hats off to you. For me, that's not where I was. And I wanted, I wanted to feel more feminine. I wanted my clothes to fit the way the designers designed them. I wanted to be able to wear a bikini and not have to worry about 25 layers of padding just to get, you know, an A cup. And so I made the decision that I had finally been able to work through and I prayed, you know, I needed to know that I had all my ducks in a row and I just, you know, I did, I sought God's wisdom in this just to say, you know what, am I, am I totally whacked out here? You know, or is this, is this something that I can do and still, you know, feel okay with myself and, and who you've made me and who, yeah. I mean, am I, am I totally going against your creation here? Um, and it was one of those things where I remember talking to a pastor and, and, uh, got the wry smile saying, do you know how many Christians have Botox? or, you know, get their eyebrows waxed or, you know, do anything, color their hair. She goes, yes, this is a little more extreme than that, but that's all changing. It's all vanity. It's all vanity. It's all changing what God gave us. I mean, if I didn't dye my hair, I'd be gray, prematurely gray, um, thanks to Beth Uh, and Lou. Yeah. Um, And I like that you wax your eyebrows. I like that I wax my eyebrows too because I do have very full eyebrows when I don't get them waxed. So yes, these are, you know, definitely we are talking about vanity tonight, but I will say 
that it also impacts your level of intimacy, how you feel about yourself. And I wanted to be very clear that this surgery had nothing to do with my family. I had to be right in how I would relate to them as a result of this. And I do have to tell a funny story. So um, once I do decide that I'm having surgery, I have to prep the kids because I'm not going to be able to pick them up or they're, you know, Alex was at the height where he could like with his bear hugs run into my chest and hurt me. So I told the kids I was having surgery on my chest um, because at the age that they were, I didn't need to go into the specifics that mom was having augmentation done. Right. So I pick up Abby from school one day. She's in preschool and um, she talks about how they were praying for me <laughs> in school because I was having heart surgery. So I promptly turned the car around and went up to her teacher and said, um, just a little aside here, it's not heart surgery. She goes, okay, because we were a little bit worried. I said, no, 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 it's augmentation. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I can see why she thought it was heart surgery. Um, but, you know, making the decision, once I made the decision and just, you know, sometimes we find ourselves at a point in the road where we just have to, we're at a fork. And I don't know how many times I got on the, I'm going to think about it a little bit longer loop. Years of, I'm going to check it out. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to check it out a little bit further. I, and I mean, I was like on the, you know, the carousel ride. And when I finally went and had the consult with my doctor, whom I love. After weeks and weeks of looking at pictures and looking at I, I probably looked at every breast augmentation website on the internet. Oh, good. Talking grief. to talking to friends that she knew who had breast augmentation and, and finding out who they had gone through and all that. This isn't a quick decision by any stretch of the imagination. And we probably looked at more pictures than anybody could even imagine <laughs> in the course of a couple of, you know, two, three weeks. I mean, you're looking and it, it's a big decision. And I'm going to say this from, a husband's point of view, you know, it's a big decision that I'm sitting here looking at going, you know, wow, what, what, what happens if she goes in for this, basically a pretty easy procedure and something wrong happens, you know? So there are things going through my mind that I'm thinking about and talking with her. So it's, you know, I think the reason we're bringing this up finally to you as a whole, as a group is because a lot of couples do hide it. Mm -hmm. They, they don't talk about it to anybody else and they almost feel a little bit of a shame or, you know, I don't know if it's a shame, but they just feel there's very much a sense of being judged a judge. Yeah. That's that's better. And, And you really, you don't have to, if you've gone through this, be proud be happy. My goodness, you, you did it for a reason. And I'll tell you, there was a little bit a time after that, Elisa, you know, there was, there was that, there was a time of just like, Oh my gosh, what this, what did I do? Da, 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 da. And, okay, and finally well, we just said, that's the initial for those of you that haven't had augmentation when it's initially done, you are very swollen and the implants sit. What feels like it's right under your chin. So you wake up from surgery. The first time you look at yourself in the bathroom, I looked like I had bowling balls, grapefruits, not quite bowling balls, attached to my chest. And I had the first thought of what have I done? (laughs) And will this, you know, this is not what I asked for. I specifically said, I do not want to look like a porn star. What is this? 
I had to be reminded it's just swelling. Right. Relax. But, you know, you do play all those scenarios. I did play the what if. What if something happens in surgery and then, you know, Tony has to explain the kids that mom had complications because she was having breast augmentation. I mean, you play that scenario. Sure. You play the scenario of what, what if it doesn't, what if it doesn't turn out? And I've heard the horror stories about plastic surgery. We read about them. That hasn't gone well. And I'm not just talking about breast augmentation. I mean, there are women out there that want to have liposuction and, you know, breast reduction and just get the skin removed after weight loss. I mean, there's all kinds of, or baby or baby or whatever. There's so many different types of plastic surgery. And, and I do want to shed some light on this because I think once again, you know, this is another one of those topics that doesn't get talked about unless you see it like on Oprah or, you know, one of the talk shows where, you know, somebody's having this extreme makeover and all of a sudden they're a new person. And in some respects you are, I mean, obviously physically you look different and, you know, but you all, you're still that person you were before, but you have to be able to, you have to be at a good place. Mm-hmm. You're doing that instantaneous, like you wake up one morning and I'm going to do this type of thing. Hard, hard. I mean, it took me years right. to get there. And I know some, I have some friends that are contemplating plastic surgery in the future because they're, you know, in childbearing years and things like that. And, you know, it is something that they think about and we talk about because they know that I'm comfortable talking about it. And it's another one of those topics that we need to shed light on. Because some people do it for, like me, for vanity reasons. Some women are, are having augmentation or having implants because they're dealing with breast cancer. You know, and so if those women decide to have implants, then hats off to them. Again, it's like I was telling uh, you know a friend a couple weeks ago. Having implants, what it's done for me is it's made me feel more feminine, which directly impacts my intimacy with Tony. I feel sexier i feel you know like i've got the curves and the places where they're supposed to be curves because i'm proportionate now and that was all I, that was why i told dr salts um i said i just want to feel yeah so if any of you are looking for a great doctor after oh yeah listening to dr salts in la jolla i forget the name la jolla cosmetic surgery center yeah wonderful gal i mean she is just a who she's very dry she's Her very sense dry, of humor but she's she's a she's a hoot of a doctor and if you're thinking, you know, if you live in the area and you're thinking about a doctor, I, I got to say she was just awesome. And I went in there for the consult and the surgery and all that. But she she's just a great, great woman. And if you do look, if you are looking into this, maybe you're, you're listening to this and this is what you needed to hear. I will have to say, be comfortable with your doc. Mm-hmm. I went to a number of different doctors before I settled on Dr. Salt's. And it was one of those things where um, I had a couple of doctors who, you know, looked at my frame and whatnot and actually wanted to put me on a smaller implant. And, you know, when you're in the doctor's office, you can kind of try on your size. And um, they have these bras where you stick the silicone implants in. Well, anyway. They're goofy. Can can I say right now, too? Yeah. If you have questions or you want to even share your own story you don't have to use your name you can use an anonymous name call us 858-876-5663 right yeah 858-876-5663 call us let us know Mm -hmm. what you went through 
how it may have, you know, even where you were before, how it has impacted you and your marriage. These are great things to share. We really do believe it because again, it is so simple and so easy for all of us to put on masks Mm -hmm. and just not talk about and make believe to ourselves and to other that they're real. So that way we look like we are holier than thou before God. Well, and it's funny that you should say that, you know, make believe they're real because I, because I didn't go super large, you know, no super size here. Um, women that didn't know me pre-surgery, you know, I, I've heard the comment. I'm like, they're like, I'm so envious. I mean, yours are, you know, you've had kids and they're still perky. And I'm like, Oh no, these, these are, these are not real. These are, you know, I paid for these and they look at me and their eyes get real big. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's okay. I paid for them. Um, that's why they're perky and you know, whatever. But the thing is, is that it's kind of like miscarriage. I give women permission to talk about this. When I find out that, you know, a girlfriend's going through breast cancer and I say, you know, especially if they're here in San Diego, I'm like, well, if you're considering implants, I've got a great doctor and their eyes get all big. And I'm like, I have them. These are not real. And then it opens up that door to have the conversation because, you know, what? I'm not going to pretend they're real. I'm glad they look real. I'm glad if you don't know me and you're just past me on the street, you're like, wow, you know, those are nice. But on the other hand, for my friends, for women that might be hurting because they don't feel good about themselves and you know, implants might just be what they need to feel more feminine, then I want to be someone that they can come and talk to. And that's it, you guys. This is what it's about. It's being real. It's about taking off our masks wherever you are and impacting lives. It's something that Elisa and I have talked to from the beginning. And it's what we want to empower you to do more and more in your lives with, with your husband or your wife or with those around you. Mm-hmm. Because by doing that, we, we here as a community can impact so many people that you don't even know that you, you don't even know where they're at unless you just open your mouth. And we hope that by sharing, you know, what Elisa has gone through and what we've gone through over the last couple of years that you have been able to take off those masks in your marriage, obviously, first and foremost, because that is where a huge impact happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have done it. Those of you who have done a seven days of sex challenge, those of you who've attempted 60 days, completed, you know, like Tammy and Kevin, you know, 47 mm-hmm. out of 60, you guys know the impact it has when you start taking off those masks. And you start sharing what is happening in life. And I'm telling you, folks, you have the ability in your communities, in your churches, in your schools, in the in your neighbors' lives to have an impact. If you just open up your mouth a little bit, let off, you know, let go, you know, take those masks off, share. It's also one of those things, too, when you start to... Um when you start to live your life without worrying about the judgment that you're going to get from others, you know, when I, when I shared, um, for me, it comes up a lot because, you know, a few years ago when I first started, I guess it was my second year with Leah Sophia, if I've been doing this for three years and Mm -hmm. 
I asked the question at one of my parties. I'm like, what would you do with an extra thousand dollars? And one of the gals is like, plastic surgery. And I said, funny, that's a great answer. Me too. And they're like, what? And I said, oh yeah, my, my second year in the business, I, uh, you know, I paid for my plastic surgery with my earnings. And, you know, again, eyes get big because all of a sudden I've opened it up. And would you know, there were eight women sitting there and they've all thought of having plastic surgery. Wow. You know, or when I, you know, mention it to girlfriends, you know, we're sitting around talking and everybody's like, oh yeah, I'd fix this or I'd fix that. And I say, well, you know what? I had augmentation. (gasps) You did? How was? And all of a sudden everybody wants to talk about it because so many women have thought about having plastic surgery. And while I can't speak to anything else besides augmentation, I can speak to the, the mental process that I went to going there. I can speak to, you know, what it's like when you wake up and you're like, oh, what did I do? Yeah, that wasn't fun. Yeah, the first day, not so good. Not so good. I mean, it was a little nausea. A lot of frozen peas. Frozen peas are... um, We had frozen onions too, but we had to throw those out. Those weren't smelling good. (laughs) Yeah, uh, frozen onions are, yeah, when they thaw and refreeze. and Yeah, not so good. Not so good. But... Prep, if you have kids, make sure you have them somewhere where they're gone for a good good portion, portion of, the of the day and then dad can go pick them up in the evening and yeah we actually had friends bring everybody back and um I, yeah. I was just very well padded and insulated from the kids and you know it's not an easy surgery nope um i was talking to somebody you know the other day and i'm like yeah well you know be prepared to you know basically lie on your back for two weeks because you can't roll because they want them to settle um but i wouldn't I wouldn't change all the years that I thought about it. I wouldn't change that process because it definitely got me to a point where when I was ready to say, yes, it's time that I knew that I had done my due diligence. And I also knew that moving forward, I was comfortable with who I was making that decision. It wasn't for me. I wasn't a 20 something saying, well, you know what? I can't find a man. I'm going to go have surgery. It was no, I, I mean, at that point in time, we'd been married, what, 13 years? Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you out there who have had it done, and maybe this is stirring some emotion in you, by all means, come to the oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you went through, that mental, mm-hmm. you know, it was there mental anguish that you went through? How long did it take you from the time you thought of it to the time you actually went through with it? Share. Because again, when we talk about opening up by commenting there, when people come back and listen to this show, they can see that there are other women, other people who have thought through this. And even though it's not like Elisa's, it's their own. And maybe they can attach to you and understand where you're coming from. Because it is, it is different for every woman. Mm-hmm. Your oh, reasons yeah. for doing it, where you are in life, um, how you and your spouse relate to one another—you uh, know—it all it all factors in. And you know, I wish, I wish that more women were open, either a about their desire to have it done, or the fact that they have had it done. You know, because again, I mean, we live in Southern California. Uh, you can't pass a magazine stand without, you know, seeing somebody on the cover or, you know, it here on the beaches during the summer. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say the magazine. The, so yeah, much, not the magazines, but, but, but just you just overall, see it walking around. I mean, yeah. we have, I mean, I don't know what our plastic surgeon per capita is, but it's got to be up there. 
Um, it's okay. It, it's okay. It's really, you know, I don't want there to be a judgment on it. I, you know, when I first told my mother-in-law, she's like, oh, I just thought you were wearing a really good padded bra. And I said, okay, I'll go with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I told my parents, I didn't tell Tony's parents until after, but I told my parents beforehand. And, um, and why did you do that? For me, it, it does go back to Andrew. Um, after not telling my parents about Andrew until, um, until we were in a crisis situation, I mean, that had been a planned surprise for them. That was gonna, he was going to be their Christmas present, finding out about him. Um, going through that crisis and having them not know until we were there, um, I couldn't do that again. Right. Just on the off chance that something did happen in surgery. Um, I needed to tell my parents and my mom and dad, you know, God bless them. They were just like, oh, okay. I mean, really... I could have told them that it was another sunny day in San Diego. I mean, it wasn't... You know, they were they were worried, mm-hmm. you know, just because you're worried anytime a loved one's going into surgery. Um, but nothing from them. And I I think with your parents, I knew I was going to be seeing them. And so it was just kind of like, eh, you know what? We'll just wait until it's all done. And I knew I was going to be... Well, I think we told my parents at a Christmas party. We did. We told them at the, um, the Italian Sons club. of Italy. Yeah. Um, after. I'm like, since we're all going right. to be getting together for Christmas in a couple of weeks, I just want you to know I had augmentation last weekend. And my mother-in-law looked at me and she's like, you what? How was it? You know, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, tell me all about it. I'm like, I'm a little sore. Don't hug me too tight. <laughs> but. You, you know what? You, sh- you guys can have, you can take this podcast wherever, whatever way you want. I think for us, it's just, just sharing. Again, sharing our lives with you so that if you do do it, have done it, don't ever want to do it, hey, it's just what people do. Mm-hmm. And you guys know us better than many people. We don't judge. You know, this isn't, we're, we're hoping that you don't judge us for doing this or having done this. Because you know what? To the core, what it's all about are your values and your morals. And when it comes to your marriage, if this is occurring or it does occur, it's not going to rock those. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, my thing is Elisa could get them or not get them. I'm not going to love her any less or more. Do I enjoy them? Sure. <laughs> I, I, who wouldn't, you, you know, when you go from what Elisa said, flat, nothing, and we still have those pictures, mm-hmm. you know, and you look at that to what she is now and how she presents herself and how in the bedroom and around it sure does bring a smile to my face and joy to me as well as to her. Mm-hmm. And so I think the big thing is that maybe why did we wait so long is an answer. Elisa could, I don't think I could have done it sooner. Uh, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I do ask myself, I'm like, shoot, I should have done this years ago, but I wasn't ready. And I knew, you know, I knew I had to get past having kids. Not that women, you know, I I know many women who have had implants and subsequently had children. Um, But for me, I just wanted to be done with that phase of life. And then, you know, once we had a daughter, that, that took some time to get around because I didn't want 
my daughter growing up going, well, if mom had implants, you know, I'm going to get them when I'm 20. You know, if I'm not big enough, I'm going to get them when I'm 20 or, you know, whatever. Um, I wanted to be able to say, you know what? Hold on. Yes, I did. I, I have implants. Well, I waited. and more specifically, why had we not told them sooner in the podcast? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant, okay. okay. Um, I, I think it's a matter of timing. Uh, you know, it was definitely something I thought about. And then, you know, different topics would take precedence over conversations. And it really was the conversations I had over the last couple of weeks dealing with augmentation that said, you know what? This is the time. To bring it up. This is the time to bring it up because there were times that I had thought about it over the last two years where I wasn't sure where the conversation was going to go. Right. I didn't have, I, I wasn't able to get around the whole, well, am I just doing this for, you know, kind of self-revelation? Like, I just want to tell you guys I had implants. No, it was, it was realizing over the last few weeks and sharing my story with other women here in San Diego that once again, Choosing to be transparent allows others to have the courage to do so and to suddenly develop stronger community because, because of that transparency, because they know, you know, my girlfriends know that they, you know, if I, if I'm talking about it, it's fair game and they can ask me questions and they can trust me with what they've got to deal with. And I'm not going to be going, oh my gosh, you did what? it's like okay well you know i mean i you know you know my skeletons you know my baggage mm-hmm. and so that's why it's taken two years to share this with you but i hope that you'll take the message from this podcast to say you know what i do need to be more transparent in my life if i've had surgery and i know other women are kind of talking about it but i'm the one keeping quiet maybe it's time to say hey ladies you know what been there done that yeah, I got tiny little scars to prove it. Whatever, um, you know, because that's going to give them courage. It's going to let them say, you know what, she survived. Right. I, I don't think you know, and if they think less of you, well, that just kind of reveals who they are. And do you need them around? Uh, you know, I mean, if somebody looks at me and goes, "Oh, she had surgery," I'm not going to be friends with. Okay, well, you know what, I don't have time for you. Right. So, um, be transparent. Share your stories. And if you aren't comfortable enough putting it on, I mean, I hope you will put it on the one page, but if it's just something that you want to talk directly to me about, feel free to shoot me an email at askalisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Um, maybe your surgery didn't go as well. Maybe you know there are other things that you're not comfortable putting up on the website. I am happy to do an email correspondence with you. Um, I will just give you a caveat. It takes me a day or two to get back to you. Or three or four. Or three or four sometimes. Um, so do that, but I would, you know, if there's stuff that you want to share with me, I'm happy to listen because I know that for some of you, you may not have that community to talk to. Right. And we are here for you judgment free. Um, and you know, it's one of those things to start, start shedding some light on. It's not just the celebrities that get plastic surgery. Um, the latest people cover person, it's real people. And, you know, it's no Christian people. It's Christians. Oh my gosh. Christians have plastic surgery. Christians dye their hair. They get their eyebrows waxed, you know, you guys all kinds get of it. stuff. <laughs> you guys get it. And so that, that's, is that it? Is that, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to ask me any more questions? No. 
Okay. I don't know if we need to go anymore. I, I just hope you guys got something out of this. It's, again, a long time coming, a little bit fragmented than others because it is a big subject for us. And it's something that, like Elisa says, she shares it in a very intimate style. You know, it's usually when it comes up in a very small group. So to do it in this setting is much different, as many of you could imagine. Once again, I, you know, it, it does change. Um, it does change the dynamic because I do put myself out there. And yeah. you guys know that when um, week in and week out, we put ourselves out there yep. for you. And you know, there are those times where we hear from you loud and clear that you don't like what we have to say. And, and you, this is a very personal topic. This was a personal decision that I made. And I'm, I'm at a point in my life where it's okay with me. If you don't like it, it's okay with me. If you think less of me, because that's your issue. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. I, I own who I am and where I am in my life. And, um, I just want to encourage you to be in the same place. Yeah. couple of little tidbits. If you'd like to support, and we hope that you would like to support the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast and what Elise and I do, I would encourage you to go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash store. And from there, you have a couple of options. You can purchase our book, Stripped Down. We've been getting a lot of you buying this in audio format. Mm-hmm. And you know what? At ten ninety five, it is a value. You get Elisa and I read each chapter to you. There is a he said. What more could you ask for? You hear us every week. Listen to (laughs) us even more. There's a he said, she said. You can even get a first page or a first couple of pages to read and what it looks like. But Elisa and I read it. If you would like to become a monthly contributor Mm -hmm. to the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast on that same uh, URL I just gave you to the right hand side, it says support one and that is through PayPal. $3 $3 a month, as little as $3 a month, and you can go up from there. We thank you guys. We love you for all your support, and we hope that you guys have a fantastic week.